to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Wood, which is an actual thing, probably worth a Google. It is episode 407 of the podcast. We have done 406 episodes to get to this exact spot. Don't question it. And this is our special Girl Power episode. Yeah, right. not, not, not really, but we'll pretend it is. It's all girl, girl power. We're going to be talking about girl power throughout this episode. So many instances of girl power. It's going to be a very female empowering... Um, yeah, if, if girl power and feminism means being completely and totally self-absorbed, maybe... I don't think I can be ready. I, 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 I am okay. as ready as I could possibly be, but Doesn't feel ready. we're talking yeah. Spice okay. World. Yeah, okay. okay. I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't like it, but I'm not the target audience. I'm not a nine-year-old British girl, you know? But see, that's funny, because I... Because I walked in thinking... Because I had heard that it's really not all that bad. And I walked into it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I walked in completely, happily accepting this. And I was wrong. I was so very, very wrong. I thought it was like a beach movie. Like Frankie Avalon could have been in this movie. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I can accept that it's kind of like a beach movie if everybody in the beach movie was horrible. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but, but yeah, but we'll get yeah. to that. Let's, let's, let's start, start the podcast. podcast. <laughs> yes! I am so excited to announce that we have a new sponsor this week. Oh! That's a brand new sponsor. It's been a while, but we have a sponsor. Very excited about this. And uh, this is a good one. So, okay, let's do this. Um, Girl walking down the hallway. 
Exploring the creepy attic with barely any lighting. Taking a shower with gratuitous titties. So come on down to the and get your pointless horror movie whispers today on Route 9 in Maine right next to the Cripple Strip Club. Great get in trouble at school. Yes, very much so. Which is why demons are poorly educated. Yeah, that's that's what my always would say. Yeah. So anyway, cut all the last segment. Uh, yes! This is the fifth week of our Summer of Bottoming! I came up with that name, and I'm really proud of it. Where we will spend all summer deep diving into IMDb's bottom 100 list of the 100 worst movies of all time. And so, at the top of each episode this summer, I like to discuss one of the many movies on the list that we will not be discussing, because we can't do all 100 movies in one summer. Uh, even if we did an episode of the podcast today, we still wouldn't even be able to do every movie on the list. Just, just don't make it a, just don't make it an Uwe Boll movie, or that would be spam. Yeah, right, yes, <laughs> I thought that. So, there's a lot of movies that we won't be doing for the podcast, uh, a lot of movies we won't be watching this summer, and, uh... This week we will be discussing one of those films that we won't be doing this summer. We're discussing the 2002 British Spears movie Crossroads. We will not be doing that this summer. And here is the very blunt, direct, to the point reason why we will not be watching the British Spears movie Crossroads. You can't make fun of Britney Spears anymore! <laughs> there was a period in time when you could make fun of Britney Spears, but now uh, she is a victim of hashtag free Britney and you just can't bash her. So there's no way that we can bash her in her crappy ass movie. Maybe well, a year or two, but but the question is, is should we ever have? I mean, see, like, I am very forgiving. I, I'm not sure how to, how to put it. I, I am very forgiving of 
when members of the Mickey Mouse Club go bad. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I mean. We have we have all done incredibly stupid things. Like Miley Cyrus, never you never heard a word get out of me against Miley Cyrus. I don't particularly like her, but that's a different thing. You know, all of our stupid shit that we did at that age was yeah. under the cover of night and dark black alleys. Yeah. Not on camera. Yes. In front of you know, in front of the world. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So if so if I licked a hammer, I got away with it. Yeah. Miley Cyrus licks a hammer. It's why the fuck are you licking a hammer? Well, she's licking a hammer because she's trying to figure out how to be an adult now. Yeah. You know? And she has to do it on camera. And that's the same for... That's the same for... Miley Cyrus and Brittany or uh, Amanda Barnes? Beers? What was her name? Amanda Bynes. Bynes, yes. Yeah. And... To an extent, Lindsay Lohan, but Lindsay Lohan, sooner or later, you know what? You gotta fucking grow up, lady. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're out of your teens now. Now we can yeah. make fun of you. <laughs> yeah. But there was a period of time where we could make fun of Britney Spears, but now you can't make fun of Britney Spears. So we really can't do the Britney Spears movie right now. Maybe yes. someday, but we definitely can't right now. Anyway, it's a shitty movie. Well, once, well, once she, once she gets over this this current hump that she's in, with the conservatorship and everything like that, yeah. If she does anything stupid after that, oh, fair fucking game. You're an adult now. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, this is a crappy movie, movie, and I'd love to do it for the podcast, but. A lot of it would be shitting on Britney Spears, which you're just not allowed to do anymore. It's not the strangest cast this movie. There's Britney Spears, and then her gaggle of teenage best friends, one of which is Gamora. It's got Dan Aykroyd, 80s rapper Cool Moe D, Sex and the City's Kim Cattrall, the band Bowling for Soup. That's a weird combination. Almost as weird as this week's movie, which everyone was in. Old Loki from the Loki TV show was in there. Yes, There's one scene where he's wearing an all-green suit, and it's like, oh shit, old Loki. But, yeah. Uh, Crossroads, if you haven't seen it, is a teen pop song road trip comedy starring someone who absolutely cannot act. And, and it's, it's currently, currently number 72 on the IMDb Bottom 100, right next to 73, The Room. The Room, oh. Yeah, this, this is one worse than Tommy and So. And Britney Spears' movie Crossroads is bad, it's soulless, and it's unoriginal, but I don't think it's worse than Tommy and So, but hey, what do I know? But, but to be fair... Uh, Britney Spears stars in this movie. You know why? Girl Power. This is the Girl Power episode. Girl Power. Mm -hmm. 
so much girl power. Under a shack, we'll be talking about the Manical Mormon case. A huge, huge amount of girl power there. Yes, I, I remember this case. This this one, unless it's another one. But back in my day, they said only men can do this to women. But I'm changing the game because girl power. That's when I first wanted my wanted a pair of magic underwear. Yeah. When I heard that story. Yeah, but I go beyond the story because the woman at the center of the Manitoba Mormon case has popped up over and over again throughout the decades, uh, like, like, uh, like a worm. She killed someone. Yes, once. It, her entire story is just absolutely insane. But it's, uh, I'm going, I'm covering the Manitoba Mormon case and then beyond the Manitoba Mormon case. So, so that's going to be fun. But anyway, you can't make fun of Britney Spears because of girl power. So we're not doing crossroads. No. Yeah, we're not doing crossroads. Anyway, that's it for our look at one of the movies that we won't be doing uh, for the podcast. Eventually, I think we will do Britney Spears' crossroads. There's a lot of movies that we are doing for the podcast that we will eventually be doing. Right now, uh, for the next hour, you can still vote on what our next film will be. Uh, we've already got 20 votes so far. I've got it here on my Twitter account, at wherever Steve, if you're watching this live, and a couple of people are, then you can still vote. Uh, it's between Master of Disguise, which I thought would win, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, which I wanted to win, the movie Brass, which I didn't want to win, which is of course winning, and the Netflix original Open House from 2018, which only has 10% of the vote. But that's because a lot of people have not seen this movie and have, have witnessed just how shitty it is. <laughs> If more people had seen the Netflix original horror film Open House, then that one would be getting 100% of the votes. So, so, so there's that. You can still vote on that. We might be watching Brass next week. But, yeah, I'm uh, looking for it. I'm not finding the poll. This is where I, I, I like to vote. I sent it. I, I put it on the, 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 the page, the Pope on Film page. I'm not oh! Sure if it's the, the group or the whatever, but it's there. Uh, yeah, once I did the poll, I posted it there. There it is. Vote now on which bad movie from IMDb Bottle Hunter we should do on next week's podcast. There's, I posted it six hours ago. It's got my face and my, my current Twitter name. I Dan Flashes. That's a reference to I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix, the greatest show in the world. 60% of the things that I say are uh, I Think You Should Leave references. So I will now be closing my Twitter account, and we'll just see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, it looks like the movie Brass is going to be the movie we do next week, but you never know. You never know. I don't know if I can... I don't know if I could deal with brats coming straight off of Spice Girls. That's that's, that's a, a good, good point that, that I didn't that I didn't realize. I'm but, going with I'm going with Master of Disguise. 
Oh, fucking Dana Carvey so much. Yeah, but uh, uh, I could see Dana Carvey as a turtle. Ugh. Ugh. So anyway, vote, vote now. There's still time. There's like three or four people watching. So yes, vote now if you're watching live. This is great. This is a. This is a I, I, I like it when people vote on ourselves because they always surprise me. You know. Uh, I think it's fun. I mean, trying yeah. to get some audience participation, you know, yeah. it would help if we had an audience, but even still. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's it for our uh, um, Act 1, Bottom 100 discussion for this episode of the podcast, so cut on that segment. Yes! From December Sound. I forget if it had a sound. Remember. I don't, don't remember. remember. But yeah, yeah, yeah it, it should get a sound. This, this week it's my second week back, and I'm watching two more movies. This week I watched the following two movies The Boss Baby Family Business and Are you Black okay? Widow. And Black Widow, which I waited 14 months to see. Yes. That's now, first, let's discuss the movie that I have not chosen for my weekly movie pick. Boss Baby 2, The Dark World. Okay. Two Boss, Two Baby. Yes. Ride a Boss Baby. Mm-hmm. Boss Baby Cruise Control.
I'm not sure when this happened, but it's like, oh, we want to get this person, and maybe this person, and maybe this person. We can't get either of those people. Fine. Then I guess we'll get James Marsden. And you see him in these movies where it's like the movies aren't that good, but he's got a positive attitude, he's generically handsome, and he's trying his best. And so like you see him in like um like a hop that Easter bunny movie or a Sonic the Hedgehog or uh Enchanted and it's like this is fine. Yeah, but James Marsden is and I always get him confused with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So so I have I have long since stopped caring if I say his name correctly or not. Change your name to David Bowie like a respectable artist. But but he is he is just Why? so completely and utterly bland. It's almost a fucking superpower. Like, it is almost like a chameleon-like ability that he blends yeah. in with his environment so that yeah. you are no longer able to see him. Yeah. Yeah. James Marsden hasn't done anything to make him stand out in my brain. And I think the brain of most people. He was even in 30 Rock. And I still am like, oh, what's the name of that guy? What? Yeah. Yeah. And the Sonic that had on the was pretty good. And he started it. And still. I have a hard time remembering the movies. So, uh, James Marsden is in Cross yes. 82. And, oh my god, there's a, there's a definite tonal shift between the first Boss Baby movie and the second Boss Baby movie. The first Boss Baby movie is cute, and it's nice and funny, and I liked it, and it was good, and, and, and it was fine. The second movie, it's just more hyper, and more manic, and more rush, and you're just going from scene one to scene two, and hey, if these kids are going from home to school, oh, well, let's make it so that there's an explosion, and someone's chasing them, and there's a car crash, and there's fire, and then it's trying so hard, but also this was a kids' movie. So what? So I came to the review of I hated this, but my ADHD, my ad-hated kids are going to love this because the whole movie is just popcorn, just going off. Like, like really quickly from scene to scene, and sure enough, the kids liked it. Bella seemed to enjoy it, and yeah, uh, yeah my, my children liked it. I fucking did not. And also the bad guy. A uh, vague spoiler alert for a kids movie. The bad guy is uh, this old guy in his school, but as it turns out, the body of the old guy is just a robot, and the head is just a baby. So, like, it's a super smart baby pretending to be an old guy, and his head is pretty much... They got 
the queen from the animated movie Alice in Wonderland. They shaved her head, gave her old Jewish man hair, and that's it. It's a really shocking, like, complete character design ripoff. It's got that, like, weird, flappy mouth. Yeah. And it, it looks exactly like DreamWorks just stole a Disney character. <laughs> So that's, that's the, the Boss, boss Baby 2. Boss Baby Kids kids will like it. I fucking annoyed the shit out of me. And finally, the Steve Stubbs pick of the week is Black Widow. A real sign of girl power. That's girl power. Now that I would call girl power. Girl power. Yes. Girl power. This is the girl power episode. I'm working girl power into everything. And I would like to take this time to say, uh, this is something that I said a long time before when I was watching three movies a week. Oftentimes, the Steve Stubbs pick of the week is not the best movie. It's the movie I want to rant about the most. Yes. Black Widow let me down. Really? I I waited like years and years for this movie to come out. And then it's like, oh, it's going to come out the day before my anniversary. Because, because my, my, my wife and I got married on Cinco de Mayo because I'm not that much of a Mexican. And it would be an easy way to remember the anniversary and an easy way to like combat Cinco de Mayo is a, is a holiday for white people to put on a sombrero and drink tequila, and that pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, so, I think we should do that for like the 4th of July and Independence Day, that we should all just wear camo and carry guns around and be like, uh, put on some gold keys, I just fuck my sister. You know? <laughs> We should do that for the 4th of July. You know what we should do on the National Day of Prayer? We should all dress up as Karens and go complain at a Costco. Oh! That is such a good idea. Like, every National Prayer Day, you just, uh, you can't make me put on this mask. My only rules come from Jesus. <laughs> Such a good idea. So, so my anniversary, my wedding anniversary is every uh, Cinco de Mayo. And right before Cinco de Mayo is always when there's a new Marvel movie. And there's always a Marvel movie every year for, uh, for my wife and I for our anniversary. We go get some food and then we head to the movies. So we get there early and we brought some shots and we get wasted and high in the parking lot. And we go see the movie and by the time the movie is over, we have sobered up and then we can go drink again. Yes. Oh, hold on a second. My wife's on Come on. Very cool. So. Uh, so, so I was really excited to see Black Widow with my wife on our anniversary, but then the pandemic happened, and so I waited 14 months for this movie to come out, and like halfway through Black Widow, I came, my, my review popped in my head, which was, I got the coronavirus, <laughs> I almost died. 
My entire family got the coronavirus. And there was like two days where we legitimately thought we were all going to fucking die. I survived the coronavirus for this? Yeah. And that's my review. It's a good movie. It reminds me of Spiral. The last Saw movie, which yeah. is in no way a Saw movie. It's a Saw. It, it's a. It's a good uh, procedural thriller, a good detective film, a good crime drama with some surprisingly funny bits from Chris Rock. But also, he does a good job of being shot by these crimes and wanting to bring criminals to justice. The ending is kind of bullshit, but it's a good film that is in no way a gory, dumb saucer. But that's also a positive, because people who might not have seen Saw 6, Saw 8, Saw 12 could watch this new Saw movie and enjoy it. Yes. So Black Widow is not a Marvel movie. It's not a Marvel movie. It's not an MCU film. It's a family drama with a few action sequences in it. Yes. Well, I don't know. I can't say. I, 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 I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I, 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 I want to see the Russian heroes. That's like the big selling point of this movie for me. I want to see the Russian heroes because I had found them really. I had always found them really interesting. I, I, most of the film just concerns uh, Black Widow. And her younger sister, dealing, who's not really her younger sister, and dealing with family issues. And uh, it, it, it's not a superhero movie, it's not a Marvel movie, but also, for some people that might be a good thing. I think, I think my wife might really like this film because of that. It's not. It's not a. It's not an Iron Man shoot 'em up explosion bad guy boss battle type of a film. It's a, it's a film about confronting your past and dealing with family issues. And I mean, it's a good film, but I, I expected this to be a window into the. This is the first film in the new phase of the MCU, and I was expecting it to just. I know that it's a look back at Black Widow's origins, but I still expected it to be more of a look into what we can expect for the future of the MCU. Well, the MCU has always treated Black Widow kind of shabby. And I'm happy she's gotten... You know? I will say, I will say, the main queen is fucking wonderful in this movie. Really? Yes, the, the Mid Queen is amazing in this film. She is wonderful, and uh, I'm so happy to see people watching Black Widow and be like, "Oh, Florence Pugh, she was amazing!" And it's like, yeah, she's amazing in everything. She did a WWE movie that surprisingly didn't suck balls. Oh, oh, okay. I got a little confused there. I thought there was an actual May Queen. No, no, you were talking about the May Queen. Okay. But there is, there is a like a like a two second scene where you see people doing a maypole dance, and I got excited and I made a scream in the theater. But 
If Captain Marvel was a superhero film, I saw that, I think, seven times in theaters. I may watch Black Widow once or twice. Yeah. That's about it. It's a good drama, but it's not a superhero film. And, and okay, okay, so kind of, it sounds like you are stating my feelings of on Falcon and Winter Snowman. Yes. The Winter Snowman, yeah. the Falcon and the Frosty, is what it's called. Where I, I feel it's, I feel it's important to watch, in a completest sort of way. Yes. It does yes. make you accept Sam as Captain America, like he's Ooh. totally Captain America now. He, ju he's just fucking Captain yeah. America. Yeah. And you needed this series to do that. You know, yes. you can't just dump in a, dump him in a Captain America movie. But I didn't really like it very much. It was like, yeah, it, it was very street level. You know, yeah, it wasn't very, like you said, superhero-y. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so kind of the same thing as Black Widow. The only real I'm still reserving judgment on Black Widow. But that's how I feel about Falcon and the Winter Snowman, and it sounds exactly like what you're saying. Uh, yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. The only, yeah, but you have to watch Black Widow, because it does set up the main queen as being a major part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And there's an end credit scene, which is really good, and yeah, that... Like, I liked that part of the film, but I don't know, I was just expecting more. I was expecting it to be more of a superhero film, which it's not. Which might not be a bad thing for some people. This is a good film where... Right, it, it really depends on how they handle it as to whether... So I'm not, I'm reserving judgment. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. good. So that's, that's it for Steve Stubbs this week. Next week I will be watching... Uh, Two horror films, I believe, next week. So that should be exciting. So join us next week for more up-to-date movie reviews with Sam Stubbs of the Week. And cut on that segment. Yes! We've still got um, Bloody Versus to get to. There's a new member of the family. That'll be exciting. We've got a chap. That is uh, a popular one, but I'm, I'm doing it in, in a different way, I think. I've got a different angle. We're going to be talking about some more in the sex, so that's exciting. Oh, that's uh, always good. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, this week's movie, The Strangest Acts. What? Oh, God, yeah. This week's movie, Old Loki and Riff Raff, Alan coming all over the place. Yes. Even shithead Elvis Costello is in that movie. <laughs> As we have discussed on the podcast. But before we get to any of that, also, I did make my son watch it with me, and he has a lot to say about this week's movie. Okay, that will be interesting. Um, yeah, he has a lot to say about it. But... Um, maybe before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. 
We will be right back with more of the Pokemon film after this. Everybody, it's me, Mr. Steve. Well, it's Thursday. How's your Thursday doing? It's totally Thursday and not Saturday after my Raising Little Leader story time and I'm going through a story time marathon to make my week easier. Look, I'm in a different outfit. Anyway, today's video is a strange one. If you are familiar with this channel, you know I make a lot of references to pop culture and I use a lot of little clips here and there. And so this is a short compilation of some of my favorite clips that I use during storytime videos. Some of them you may have seen before in other videos. Some of them you may have seen a bunch of times in other videos. But it's a fun little video that you'd enjoy. Woo! I'm Michael Jordan. Stop it. Get some help. Life, uh... Finds a way. Imagination. Bum, bum, bum. Got any grapes? <laughs> Not funny. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Mr. Steve is recording this theme song so he doesn't get a copyright strike. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, wow. you would see the biggest gift would be for me, and the card attached would say, be sure to like and subscribe to, 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 to. Hi, it's Vince with Sham Wow. You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. This is called foreshadowing. Foreshadowing happens when clues in a story hint at future events. Roll the cheese! Advising lawmakers, I can see he had...
you like to see my dog? Come here, Fido Spot. Bark, bark, woof. I am dog. Bring me bone. Only bone shall sustain me. Sam, I am. Would you like green eggs and ham? Would you like them over there? Or would you like them over here? Would you eat them in a box? Would you eat them with a fox? Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse? You may like them, you will see you may like them in a tree Would you could you with a goat? Would you could you in a boat? I could not like them Those green eggs and ham I cannot stand them Mr. Sam I am Would you, could you in a car? Eat them, eat them, here they are. How about in the rain, in the dark, or on a train? Big for his bed 
nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head, they keep falling. So I just did some talking to the sun. I said I didn't like the way he got things done. Sleeping on the job. Those raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling. But there's one thing I know. The blues they sent to me won't defeat me. It won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me. Raindrops are falling on my head. That doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Clients not for me because I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining. Because I'm free. Thank you. 
loved melodies. Richly orchestrated in some fierce all-new two-record treasury. But remember, This magnificent collection is not sold in stores. Please stay tuned to order. Use your credit card and save COD charges by calling toll-free 1-800-421-2000. Or, to save all additional charges, send check or money order for only $12.98 for two albums or two cassettes, or $19.98 for two compact discs to Zomphir, P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Remember, that's Zomphir. P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. You just make sure you come back next week. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Oh, goodness. Uh, yes. Okay, sorry. It's a bit crazy over here. Oh, I right know. It's a bit insane. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Natasha and I got crunked. 
It was, it was crazy. crazy. We, we drank, drank wine, and then we finished the wine, and then we were like, let's, let's drink more wine. Oh, no, no. So you drank. Oh, oh, more wine. Yeah, yeah. and then we started, started drinking more wine, and then you had the idea of, like, let's smoke a pre-roll. And, and I'm like, I never do that. I have asthma. I don't think I'm going to do that. So we should do it. So we smoked a pre-roll, and then I switched from wine to... Sonic ocean water hard seltzer, and that's all I remember. <laughs> nice. So we, we got crunked. Wow, this cat. Wow, this cat. Kids, hey, hold on. This is going to be a remote episode. Uh, let's see. Do you see that, buddy? Yes. It's spider fin. Yes, it is. I've never seen a cat go this far before. I mean, the cats have gone up, but I've never seen them go that up. It's quite impressive. Oh, absolutely not. That kid is 100% not going to get out on its own. And very, and very, very impressive. And for that superhero angle, I would like kind of want to encourage that behavior in a cat, except that no. it is known that all cats become super villains. Yes. Yes. Cats do not become the heroes. Yeah. Cats can't be selfless. It's, <laughs> it's not, not that amazing cat, it's, it's that dark cat. Yes. And that says a lot about cats in society. Yeah. Uh, oh, buddy! Uh, yeah. we have a dog now! Really? Kind of. It's, it's a, a trial run. run. But it's, it's a trial run. run. It's a trial run. But we're, we're seeing, we're seeing how it, how it fits. Okay, so Emerald is hardly ever here because she basically lives at Jeremy's town and, and her entire uh, job is now just taking care of Jeremy who still has a lot of issues with mobility and, and, and yeah, he is not 100% at all. Changing dressing, does he still have like a you know, bathroom? Does he have like... Okay. Yeah, but it took you days to get out, but I mean, he still has guinea wraps and stuff, so, like, no. Yeah, he's still in a lot of pain. He's very sick. It hasn't even been three months. Yeah. So, that's Emerald's entire job, and Emerald took the dog sketchy, so she barely see her. Anyway, we. Auntie and Uncle left on vacation and asked us if we would take care of their two dogs. Well, it was originally supposed to be three, but... The one of them died. Bernard's dad, Stan, died from heartworms. Heartworms. Gross. So, uh, the yappy dog... Does, the little yappy dog does not like me. But there was a big dog named Bernard, and it was a little bit brown. It was brown and white, but mostly white than brown, which I instantly relate to. 
I understand being white and brown, but the more white than brown, really, that's in my entire life. And it's a bit scared and skittish with same. Yeah. So I really liked the dog, and then the auntie and uncle got done with vacation, and we brought the dogs back, and it was, what, 4th of July? Was it 4th of July? Yeah. We were at 4th of July at Auntie and Uncle's, and I was like, oh, I love this dog, and hey, they're not around, I'm going to steal this dog, bring it home with us. And Natasha said to them, like, like, hey, so you can steal your dog, and surprisingly, they said, oh, do you want it? Because, you know, he's depressed, he's sad, he lost his dad, he's sad all the time, his mom wanted him. Like, the poor thing is depressed. Yeah, the family's forcing him to be an outside dog, and the dog's sad because his dad just died, and he watched it, and he watched it happen. Yeah, so it's, it's, so the dog's all sad and depressed, and it's being treated nicely. Jesus, that was amazing. Uh, and so, Auntie and Uncle surprisingly said, if you want to take the dog, uh, you can have him. You can have him, but he'll always be. And we thought about it, and it's like, if the dog's depressed, and it wants company and attention, and it doesn't want to be outside, and it's like 99 degrees and humid, then. Um, there, there are always people at home here, and, and we can treat it nicely and give it a good home, and we can bring it indoors, and, and so for a week now, we owned a dog. And, uh, yeah, so, so we have a, dog, a foster dog. Yeah, that sounds foster, like Yeah, and, 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 and Natasha said... Understand the importance of extra virgin olive oil. You know. Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you, the dog is super excited to be in in a house with air conditioning. Yeah. I'm just upset because the dog's name is Bernard, which I hate. Uh, we have agreed to start calling him Bernie as in Bernie Sanders, but of course I wanted to give it a different name. I wanted to name the dog Darius Emanuel Grouch III, a.k.a. The Rumble. Yes. Because the greatest name in the history of names, other than Dan Flashes, which is a, uh, which is a, which is a reference from I Think You Should Leave, Mike Leave. I'm 60% I Think You Should Leave references now. I, Okay. It's a show on Netflix, and it's great because every episode is like 16 minutes long. So you can watch the entire season one, and it will take less than a minute to watch season one. 
Yes. Even watching season one and season two, I think, would be less than an endgame. To watch the first two seasons of this show, it's the Netflix that I will watch now. And I watch it constantly. 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 I'm constantly watching this. Elmer asks for sloppy steaks. Yeah. We went to the store and Elmer wanted to buy some steaks so we could make sloppy steaks at home. Okay. And if, if you, you don't, don't watch it, that's, that's fine. Because, because um, what, what I, I did to make it easier for myself, um, I edited all of the first season of I Think You Should Leave into one video. So, and, and I cut out, I cut out all of the credits, and it just gets... The entirety of the first season is an hour and 36 minutes, and then the entirety of season two is like an hour and 35 minutes. So I thought that if one doesn't watch this show, then once we're done with Summer of Autumn, we can do a double feature of the first two seasons of I Think You Should Leave. Okay. <laughs> I am obsessed with this show, and it is amazing. It is fucking hilarious. And it is my entire life right now. It is this show. So, it's, it's okay, okay if you don't watch it, because if you don't, then we're going to do it. Well, like, oh, so. of course you do. Of course you do. I might have asked you before, but I forgot the answer if I did. Have you watched Crimes of the Future yet? No, no but I did download it. It's on my... It's on my... Um, it's on my media server. Yeah. What, what is it called? It's on my Plex. I got a Plex media server oh, cool. right now. So, it makes things a whole lot easier. Crimes uh, of the Future. Uh, yeah, I was going to watch it, but then I had to watch uh, Boss Baby 2, Black Widow, and then I had to watch uh, Spice Girls a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's difficult finding... It's, it's difficult for me to watch movies on my computer that aren't for the podcast right now. Oh, I also watched the Britney Spears movie, too. I'm, I'm watching a lot of things right now. Well, you should be able to get your you should be able to get your Plex on your television. Oh no, I absolutely do get my Plex on the television. It's just that I'm usually focused on watching shit for this podcast, so I have a hard time watching other things. But you know, I will be getting to it. I'll try to watch it this week. I'll put it on my to-do list. No, because I'm just really curious about your opinion. Okay. Uh, because this was this was almost almost going to be the basis of my month coming up in October. Ooh, I was okay. like, oh, you know, Crimes of the Future is a really fucked up movie. That would be a great movie to do for the month. And I'm sure I can find other directors and their first movie. Because I was always under the assumption that this was Cronenberg's first movie. Yeah. I. Because look at it. If you watch it, the it is, it is clearly shot entirely on his college campus. Okay. But guess what? He made another one before this. So there goes my fucking month, bitch. <laughs> 
That is a good idea. Wait, I'm trying to think of when the last time I saw Dementia 13. Oh, I hate... I, like, I've only seen it the once because I fucking hated it. Yeah, I think I've seen it maybe twice, but, like, I don't know if I've seen it this century. Oh, definitely not this century. Yeah. I don't know. These kids. So that's me. How are you, Blink? Uh, other than that, pretty good, pretty good. I, uh... I, I, I've had a pretty good run on weird movies lately, yeah. and, and I, I also managed to find Batman 66. So I have oh, Batman nice. 66 in my collection. Yeah, I'm kind of happy about that. Um, huh? No, 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 the series. Oh, the series. Oh, no, I've had, that. I've had the movie for a long time. But, uh... I I found a movie. Have you ever seen the Norlis tapes? I've heard, heard of it, but no. This was a this was a popular one with me when I was a kid, because uh, it like would like I probably saw the original made for TV movie run, and that's what it was. It was a made for TV movie. Starring Roy Thinnis. And basically, this movie is NBC's answer to Kolchak the Night Stalker. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking, looking it up right now on White uh, uh, like Diet, and it definitely has that, that sort of feel. feel. So basically, if you pull out Darren McGavin and you pop in Roy Thinnis, you basically have this movie. Which was a pilot for a TV show. Yeah. Angie Dennis, isn't it? Yeah. <coughs> but now, other than that, there are just a couple of other minor changes, and this movie is still basically Kolchak the Night Stalker. Yeah. You know, he's not a reporter, but he is a writer of supernatural books. And he takes his notes into a tape recorder, so you have the exact same tape recorded narration going through the movie. You know? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? It's still fun. But what was really interesting is that, because I, I was fascinated and I started reading up on it a bit. So, The Night Stalker came out in 1972. Uh, Night Strangler came out in 1973. The Norlis tapes and the premiere of The Night Stalker TV show both came out in 1974. And all of them were Dan Curtis Productions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, I, I gotta watch, watch the Norlis tapes, tapes apparently, because it says here that 
So, so this was typical at the time. Uh, you make a made-for-TV movie, and that's the back of a pilot. And if it's a successful made-for-TV movie, then you get a TV show. If it's not, hey, we've got a movie to play on TV. So they did this all the time, and they did this for the Norris tapes, and it didn't get picked up for a, for a series. But apparently in the 2000s, the film underwent, underwent a brief revival on the cult movie circuit with theatrical screenings in such a Locations in Toronto, New York, and LA, and the idea that a made-for-TV movie would be shown in theaters, I can't think of any others that have done that. Yeah. That is impressive. You know? And I it's fucking, it, it's, uh, again, it's the Night Stalker. Yeah. You know? It's the Night Stalker with Roy Finnis. Oh, speaking of Angie Dickinson, you know, I, I, this name popped back up in my head recently. You know who I always had a crush on growing up? What? Angelian. Angelian wasn't bad. I liked her. <laughs> I felt that, like, face-wise, body-wise, she was basically a blonde Elfira. Yes, she was. She looked like she was tall, she was attractive, she had a body, she could flaunt it. I remember her show for a living, and then she was also in uh, Mr. Mom. And that must be like, like the way... And then also she was in all of those uh, reality shows like Battle of the Network Stars and all of that shit. But like, oh, I loved Angelian. Huge fan of her. Fantasy Island, the love boat, all that oh, shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, love her so much. Big fan of her. So it was, it was, it was like another episode or another installment, like Galaxy Quest to Star Trek. You know, yeah. it's like another installment of the Night Stalker. But not quite. We see that on TV fairly regularly. Because uh, I, I, I have an antenna, an antenna television setup, so I still get regular TV channels. And there's like uh, some channels that just show old shit. And you'll see, like, My Three Sons, you'll see uh, the 80s revival of the Twilight Zone, and you'll see. Uh, old-ass episodes of Roseanne and Gilligan's Island, and every once in a while the Night Stalker will be on. Usually, like, Saturday nights, and like, oh, it's a commercial from SNL, let's change the channel. Oh, shit, the Joe Bishop show, that's weird. Click, click, click. Yeah, the Night Stalker! Fuck! That's the dad from the Christmas story. We have to watch some of this. Yeah. And, and like he's, he's trying, trying to get into a hospital to see someone, so, so he, 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 he like steals, steals a wheelchair and like, oh, I'm sick. Yeah. 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 Like, love that. Yeah. 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 I just didn't like the the TV series very much. I absolutely love love the fuck out of the movies. The original movie with the vampire, I love that. And then the second one with the strangler. Yeah. Was very yeah. good as well. 
And I yeah. just didn't think that the 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 TV show format, the hour long format, worked for the show. It made it too compact, which made it really, really sticky. You yeah. know. Yeah. Like there was, you know, Carl Koshak would have to get thrown out of some place. You know. Yeah. There are certain things that would have to happen in, in each episode. And uh, I don't know. It, I just didn't feel it didn't have the same vibe. It felt fake. You know? Yeah. 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 So, so many, many TV, TV shows are like, we're going to make a detective show. But also, the character can't be a detective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I'm a roving reporter or whatever. I'm working on a show about a bookseller that's all crap. Yeah. It'll be a huge hit. Yes, you could be you could be in anything that fights crime. And, and I, I just want to say, say, I just, just want to say, say, I love this movie. I used to be obsessed with this movie. I still am obsessed with this movie. But let's just come out and say it. The worst detective in the history of detective movies is in Knives Out. Yeah. Because he doesn't do shit. He just sits and waits for everything to happen in front of him. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah, but definitely check it out, eh? Because, because not only is it like another installment of the Night Stalker, but it's a really pretty good one too. You know, you know what to expect for the time period. And again, it's a Dan Curtis production, so you're going to hear the same music and shit. You know? Yeah. All of that is going to have the same kind of Dan Curtis vibe to it. But it's fun, so uh, check it out. Cool. I found the crawling... Uh, I, found, I found the Curse of the Fly... I haven't seen this since I was a little kid, and I've been searching for this movie all over. And I don't know why I, I never thought to really search YouTube very much. You know? Yeah, every once in a while you find something on there. But I found yeah, a group that seems to post just like a lot of YouTube clips and things like that, and I was like, I should look for that on YouTube. Yeah, yeah like, like, I was, I was looking, looking for the film Terror in the Isles recently. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I saw, saw that in theaters, theaters and it's, it's like a compilation of different horror movies and stuff like that. And, and I was looking, looking for it everywhere and I couldn't find it. it. I, I looked, I tried downloading it, I looked here, I looked there, I looked on archive.org, and then one day I decided, you know what, let me check on YouTube. There's a shit ton of them. There's a shit ton of copies of this movie, and I don't know how they got away with, with putting this feature-length movie for free on YouTube, but it's all over YouTube, and with the gore and with the blood and the occasional nudity, it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hey, we're in need of the release, okay? Okay? <laughs> 
Don't dick me over on this. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <sighs> so that's it. That's it. That's the Norlis tapes. And a really cool, cool story. And it's essentially, it's Kolshak, so check yeah. it out. And I, and I like finding things like that, just like I liked finding Strange Paradise, which is on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Strange Paradise was a, was a Canadian ripoff of Dark Shadows. So it was a daily half-hour soap opera with a gothic theme. Yeah. yeah. And it was called Strange Paradise, and that's that's fun to check out, because it's like finding lost episodes of the other show. Yeah. Uh, funny, funny. I, I just want to come out and say, uh, how insane last week's chat was. Oh my God! No, totally. Hats off. Oh, oh my god. god. It, like, it, it, it really hit me when, when you posted it on YouTube and I'm like, shit, over an hour. Like, yeah, I know. Feature length chat. Like, that was insane. Oh man. Elmer McCurdy just, just took over my life. Yes. Crazy. I did an on remote, I did a remote shot. I did a. I went on location for that one. That that is and well deserved. And again, hats off. Definitely making that extra effort was awesome. But my God, the 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 journey, Elmer's journey. I I still can't. I can't believe that you can go so far to the point at which people forget you're actually a. Orbs. Yeah. 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 Well, he. Well, I think a large portion of that has to do with the the, the bizarre chemical that they pumped into it that they don't do anymore to bodies. Number one, and number two, how over the decades he just kept losing parts of himself. Yeah. He made it look less real. And I'm sure the orange spray paint was the tipping point. I can only imagine, you know. Pumpkin and or safety orange. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a neon orange. Like, I would think a neon orange would work better in your dark ride. Yeah. Yeah, they painted it, they painted it before the last of the dark funhouse because they hung him from the ceiling, but you couldn't see him because that part of the ride was so dark. So it's like, well, we need to make this body look better, so they just painted the shit out of it. When an actual human corpse doesn't look scary enough. (laughs) The human corpse just doesn't pop. (laughs) So now I have a basis that all other shafts will have to abide by. Now, like, like, this, this week is a good, good shaft, 
It's an alright shaft. It's an armament curvy. But it's pretty good. I, I, I think you have reached a new benchmark here, without a yeah. doubt. Yeah. That was an amazing story. It was the high point of... Uh, and, and the crazy thing is there's, there's so much that I didn't do. Yeah. There, there are so many other roads that I could have gone. Like the person who did the autopsy of the body in the 70s, they called him the, the coroner to the stars because he would, being in Los Angeles, he handled the dead bodies of every famous person who died in Los Angeles from the 50s to the 80s. That, oh, like, Thomas Noguchi? That, like, yeah. Thomas Noguchi? Yeah. yeah, I read his book, actually, Coroner. Yeah. That, that, like, the, the idea of, of like, you're doing an autopsy on a dead body is one thing. You're, you're doing an autopsy on Marilyn Monroe's dead body. Yes. That's a totally different story. But then his downfall came from the fact that, like, that, like okay, well, uh, this is how Marilyn Monroe died. People are going to want to know this. I, 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 better, I better call the press. I better, I better uh, call, uh, call the press and make a statement. And he became like a... He would do press conferences after famous people had died, which yeah. no other coroner would ever do. But he would because he felt that like, oh, I'm the coroner to the stars. People are going to want to know the drugs that were in Marilyn Monroe's system. And it's like, okay, well, maybe also you shouldn't do that. And eventually they... So, 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 yeah, I was going to do a whole bit about him, but it's like, oh, no, it's already an hour long. We've got a... We're cutting for time here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I read I read his book, Coroner, years ago, like in the fucking 80s somewhere I read that book. Yeah. So I know a lot of the cases that he wrote about, and it was very tabloid-esque, I found. You know, but I, I took him kind of credible. And then Quincy was based on him. Yeah, they, they, they filmed a couple of episodes at his office and with him. Like, he became so big that, like, he was, he was being interviewed for talk shows, he was in some TV shows, a few movies, and, like, he became so popular that it's like, dude, you're supposed to be a coroner, can you not be on The Tonight Show? We Bro, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're supposed, supposed to be a coroner, not, not doing the view. But it almost makes perfect sense that he would get Elmer's case. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah he's, he's absolutely the one who got Elmer McCurdy. And, and so, so the, the entire, entire press was just centered around the, the, the like, this guy trying to figure it out. Yeah. That, that was going to be like a... That would have been a whole 20 more minutes added to the freaking show. And even though we are talking about Thomas Noguchi, it still lends a bit more credibility to a story that's kind of fucking bordering on myth to begin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it has a very mythic feel. I mean, like, 
like a fairy tale story almost of that you would terrify children with. Yeah. Of the of the yeah. dead man who became famous, you know. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I didn't touch upon on last week's chat was the idea that this started as a sort of urban legend. Yeah. Now you, you go, go to some shitty carnival, you're going to a shitty funhouse, and then it's a shitty funhouse, but. Oh, is that a real body? You know, I heard a story once. My cousin's friend's brother went to a funhouse, and there was an actual dead body there. And there was an episode of Boston Eagle. There was a whole series of episodes that guest starred Michael J. Fox as a person who has Parkinson's, and then in the next season he dies, and his body goes missing, and eventually they find the head inside of a funhouse. Wow. And it's, it's like, like, oh, that, that whole thing, thing is Elmer McCurdy. Because Elmer McCurdy started that the idea of, oh, oh what if that's real? Yeah, yeah. that was all Elmer McCurdy. It happened for real one time, and now everyone keeps doing it. You got to admit, it doesn't hurt the funhouse industry. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. If, if I, if I, I uh, if, if I, I had a fun house, house, I'd have, like, Elmer McCurdy articles posted up. Yeah. Yeah, just a freaking out. I have plants. Yeah. 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 Oh, it man, is. You're just over here. Dang, we're cool to Michael Jackson and I would think why isn't Michael Jackson's body just floating around I, I think he kind of would have liked that probably yeah. I think Michael Jackson would have loved the idea that his dead body was in a funhouse you know those are the parts of Michael Jackson I liked yeah. Also, you know, maybe dangle it from a balcony. Yeah. yeah. What's that? Dangle it from a balcony. Yeah. Dangle it from a balcony. Yeah. Honey, what you just did with the trash, that was real big dick energy, Leo. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for me. I got a good chat. It's pretty good. That is that is it. I, I I think I should I should run off mid shaft. Sorry. Um, just real quick. I guess I'll throw break one back on momentarily, but I need to plan for this a little better. But anyway. So until next week. This is Bunny Williams asking. Asking. 
or imploring in a very a Dick Hart kind of way. <laughs> Self-adhesive tape? Yes, please. And cut on that. Cut into a quick break. Okay, quick break. Everybody, it's me, Mr. Steve. Well, it's Thursday. How's your Thursday doing? It's totally Thursday and not Saturday after my Raising Little Leader story time and I'm going through a story time marathon to make my week easier. Look, I'm in a different outfit. Anyway, today's video is a strange one. If you are familiar with this channel, you know I make a lot of references to pop culture and I use a lot of little clips here and there. And so this is a short compilation of some of my favorite clips that I use during storytime videos. Some of them you may have seen before in other videos. Some of them you may have seen a bunch of times in other videos. But it's a fun little video that you'd enjoy. Woo! I'm Michael Jordan. Stop it. Get some help. Life, uh... Finds a way. Imagination. Bum, bum, bum. Got any grapes? <laughs> and we're back! There's more of the Fopong film. Yes! through a slot in the door. Uh, okay. So first, it's completely anonymous. You will have to hold up your identification to the peephole. Okay? And then once that's established, uh, then you'd have to hold up your credit card to the peephole, and then you would have to put your butt in the slot. 
Oh my god, so basically you created the world's first medicinal glory hole. Yes. Yes, exactly. And we are specializing in enemas of various flavors. Of course, coffee is traditional. Uh, but we also have papaya and mango and wild cherry. You know, that'll put a zip in your step during your day, you know. And really, for an enema, you may not think so, but you really do want a carbonated product. Yes, yes, yes. 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 A Shasta enema. Yes, basically, and it has to be shaken first. But that really blows the red meat out of your colon. Okay? Like, yeah. it's like a fucking fire hose of flavor. It is a party in your ass. The Pokemon Film Podcast. A fucking fire hose of flavor. Yeah. That's, That's, That's what we put on the shirts. Oh, they did it out. A fucking But just for full disclosure, before we go away and give people the wrong impression, okay, I, I'm not really a, a proctologist, uh, but I am doctor because I spell it with a K. Yeah. yeah. That, that works. works. There that we works. go. That, but check us out on the dark web. Yeah, yeah on, on the dark, dark web. Yeah, so we, get, like, the we take Bitcoin. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, and the second, second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. history. I love it. But, but also storytellers. What I like to do with this part of the show is I like to find a story from the history books. Maybe one that people don't know too well. And reword it by my unique storytelling and that's what this is, another educational, uneducational installment of Sam's Uh, there are a number of other uh, shafts 
acts that I was thinking of doing, but I specifically chose this one because it happened four months after the burial of gunslinger Elmer McCurdy, whose life I will never get rid of. Yes. I will never get rid of the ghost of Elmer McCurdy, but that's beside the point. A 21-year-old Mormon missionary named Kirk Anderson goes missing in Surrey, England. Kirk Anderson was a devout American Mormon who was in Surrey, England, doing his missionary work. And fun fact, and uh, I lived in... It, as a part of the Mormon lifestyle for about uh, two and a half years. I dated a Mormon for yes. two and a half years, and then I went inside the temple, and I, I, I got as close to Mormon life as a sinful Latino can. So the way that Mormons themselves have explained it to me Young men in their late teens and early twenties sign up for to be missionaries so that when they return from their mission, that is when they will finally be allowed to marry and have sex for the first time, which translates to Mormon missionaries are horny on Maine, as it would be called in like TikTok or Snapchat. So and and, and it is also at this point which I find. Well, Mormonism is just creepy and fucking weird. But it is also at yeah. this point that they achieve the rank of elder. Yes. They're yes. like fucking 18. 19. Yeah. And they're calling each other elder and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's just creepy. Yeah. So, next time you see, you know, two Mormons in their white shirt and black ties bicycling somewhere, instead of getting angry at them or wanting to treat them like shit, just, you know, treat your local Mormon missionaries nice because they're just doing this to get their dicks wet for the first time. <laughs> They're young or men, and, and, and they just want to get some. And in order to do that, they go to Botswana or the neighborhood. Yes. Just treat them nicely. Just treat them nicely. And while we're on the subject of Mormons and sex, here's an odd fact for you. I wasn't expecting two children to be right here, but I'm going to push through. Mormons believe that the simple act of penetration is not sexual intercourse. They believe that. That if a, a Mormon teen puts his hoo-ha inside of another Mormon teen's cha-cha, as long as they don't move. It's, it's not, not sex. That blows my mind. Apparently, Mormons' uh, vaginas are just like T-Rexes in Jurassic Park. The vision is based on movement. The vagina won't see the penis. So, so, so did I have sex in high school? No, but I had a lot of no sex. 
not as fun as you would think. And, and I would tell people that I'm still a virgin, and they'd say, oh, but didn't you? And I'm like, apparently it doesn't count. I don't know. Maybe this half of a point. I don't know. Uh, it is a bit weird. But anywho. Young Kirk Anderson goes missing. It's a bit difficult because Kirk Anderson was kidnapped by another person named Kirk. So we have two Kirks. Yeah. So there's there's uh, Kirk the Mormon. He goes missing. He was last seen outside of a Mormon eating house, which I'm assuming is just a diet church. I don't know what a Mormon eating house is as opposed to, you know, a Mormon church or whatever. Eventually, the details of Kirk's disappearance would set a wildfire in the British press. I would say akin to maybe when Britney Spears shaved her head in 2007. Of course, this isn't me making fun of her because girl power. Hashtag Britney. Girl power. This is the girl power episode. The tabloids were basically just tripping over each other to write exclusive stories and cash in on someone's name. To the point where one of the news uh, papers of the time proudly exclaimed, We are the news without the medical Mormon case. And people would rush to buy this newspaper because, oh, it's the only one that's not doing scandalous exclusive stories about it. So, yeah, but... Uh, but, but instead of Free Spears, Spears in, in 2004, just this is in England and the media had a frenzy over this. So what happened was a man named Keith May, an American, and I find this fascinating that this is a crazy story of crazy ass Americans, all the people who were responsible for Americans living in England. And it's like, oh, a way to bring a little bit of that floor to the class. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. oh, good job. So, so yeah, these, these are all American, crazy ass Americans in England, which is odd, but anyway. So, so Keith May pretended to be a reporter doing an article on Mormonism, and armed with a gun and some chloroform, he kidnapped the young missionary outside of a Mormon meeting house and brought him back to his home where Keith's accomplice. An American former beauty pageant contestant named Joyce McKinney was there. And Joyce McKinney and Keith May chained the Mormon missionary to a bed. The missionary stayed chained up for three days, and during that time, Joyce McKinney tried to seduce him. And when that failed, Joyce just started raping the young missionary girl. Yeah. Uh, he was raped, wild kidnapped, and chained to a bed for three days, and he managed to escape and flee the police by promising to marry Joyce. So, so uh, the Mormon missionary promises to marry her and runs and flees to the police, and I imagine the police hear the unbelievable tale, and because it's the 70s, once they were done laughing, they set up a sting operation. Uh, and the police had the missionary call Joyce and set up a rendezvous between uh, the missionary and Joyce and Kirk, the kidnapper, kidnapper, Kurt. And it worked, and the two were arrested. Joyce claimed that she actually knew the Mormon missionary from America and that they had dated, 
but he broke up with her and became a Mormon, and was like, and like oh, did we uh, chloroform him and kidnap him and change him to a bed? Yes, but we were deprogramming him because Mormonism is a cult, and I did I do all of this? Yes, but I did it to save him. Anyway. Jay, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Joyce and I went over the charges and on the way to court, she held up a big sign that said Kirk left with me willingly. During the trial, Kirk and Joyce fled bail, lied to get passports, and fled to the United States where they were arrested for lying in order to get a passport and not the whole kidnapping and rape thing. They, they were, were never, never punished, punished for, for the, the kidnapping rape. <laughs> no! England did not try to extradite the two because there was a law in England in the books at the time called the 1956 Sexual Offenses Act, which stated that legally a man could not be raped by a woman, which is some serious sexist shit. Yes. And raped a woman and, and fucking got away with it. <laughs> what the fuck is that? And then when they fled to America, they get arrested and charged with lying to obtain passports, and they got a one-year suspended sentence. Suspended sentence. They were free that very day. Remember. From the Godfather, even more than I'm gonna make an offer, he they can't, he can't refuse. I remember I want to buy this Mario, this Luigi costume that I found on Amazon, and it's really cheap, and I want to do a series of videos around Luigi, and I just go, I am Luigi, and I agree to a series of interviews where I answered some questions. First off, this is the way that I talk, and I don't know why my brother talks like that. I think it's racist. <laughs> time saying that that this was you know they were kind of hooked up those two yeah. she and the woman I don't know I remember the story being way convoluted but like I think the pendulum swung pretty fairly both ways you know yeah, well, uh, for something trashed about in tabloid journalism and Netflix documentaries yeah. you know 
there's room for doubt of anything, you know, yeah. but I, I thought it came out kind of iffy. Okay, well, well the, the iffy part gets uh, a bit watered down uh, in 1984 when Joyce McKinney was arrested again, this time in Salt Lake City. Uh, a number of years had passed. Joyce tracked down the same missionary. He was, he was now living in Salt Lake City, City. he was married, he had kids, and she was straight up stalking him, and during the time of arrest, Joyce allegedly had handcuffs and a rope with her in her car. Okay! And Joyce, being Joyce, is like, um, I have handcuffs and a rope in my car for safety reasons. Yeah. Maybe a rope to tow something and handcuffs. You know, those those come into play sometimes. Just because I have handcuffs and a rope and some chloroform doesn't mean I'm some sort of kidnapper. Yeah. But yeah, they arrested her for stalking and harassing the same guy from 1977 who had moved on and had started a new life. But Joyce McKinney traveled to Salt Lake City to do. Probably, Probably trying to get at him again. Wow. Yeah, so that happened in 1984. A lot of people focused on the 1977 shit and to look at the big picture. And you that's know? not the entire of Joyce McKinney. She keeps popping up over and over again. In 2008, South Korean scientists announced that they have, they have successfully cloned the world's first dog. Okay. And in South Korea, they were able to clone dogs. And that the world's first cloned dog owner was an American woman named Vernon McKinney. And a few articles had pictures of Vernon McKinney. And even though it's, it's uh, even though the medical Mormon case happened in 1977, and now it's 2008, some people looked at the newspaper and went, oh, that's her, right? That's her. That's her. Because my whole week has just been about watching so many things. 
Uh, and, and then in 2016, Joyce McKay sued Errol Morris, claiming all this crazy shit, like, like his crew didn't ask to interview her, they broke into her home and started stealing stuff, and then said, if you don't get an interview for this documentary, we're going to ruin your life, and, and, and like, that they tried to kill her and all this crazy shit, and, and the entire case would eventually be thrown out of court, because it was just Joyce McKay being insane. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely zero proof for this. And that's not all. Joseph McKinney is still alive and is currently in prison. <laughs> okay. For what? It could be anything. In July. Here's the crazy part. In July of 2019. We're talking recent. It's fascinating that this woman is still doing crazy shit. But she's driving. She hits someone, she panics and flees the scene. As it turns out, uh, that hit one ended up where Joyce McKinney killed a 91-year-old survivor of the Holocaust named Janad Volatsky. Oh my god. So the police get camera footage and they figure out uh, the make and model of the car is a pickup truck and when police catch up with her, she's living in her car and she had a bunch of outstanding warrants for a bunch of other unrelated crimes like burglary and assault and yada yada yada. So she's in jail now and she was going to have another, uh, she was going to appear in court in the year 2000 and 20, but that got canceled because of the pandemic, and now I don't know what's happening to her, but she's rotting into jail right now because she killed someone, not a someone, a survivor of the Holocaust. Oh, man. Absolutely fascinating. So when you see the fact that she killed someone in a hit and run, and uh, she was arrested stalking the guy in 1984 with a bunch of it's, and I find it funny, I'm going to end up putting Eleanor Kirby into every single solitary shaft. But I love the story. He deserves it. Don't be ashamed. Okay. I love the story of Eleanor Kirby where he's first arrested and they're like, wait a second. He was arrested with a bunch of burglary paraphernalia. And he's like, yes, I did have a bunch of stuff. Well, let me explain to you why. I was working on a foot-powered machine gun. And then let it go. But that's basically what Joyce McKinney tried to do. Yes, I had... Uh, a rope and some handcuffs and a lead pipe and a candlestick and a rope and some chloroform, but I was working on a foot-powered machine gun. Uh, I he's going to make his way into every single solitary shaft, probably from here until doomsday. But yeah. Joyce McKinney, currently in jail, I'm fine with that, good riddance, it's kind of crazy that she did what she did and got away with it. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard any further of it. Yeah, yeah, most people just focus on 1977, when you look at the picture, and you look at, like, her arrest in 1984, like, outside of his house... 
years after, after the, the fact, fact that, like, oh, yeah, she definitely did it. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy, crazy that she did what she did and got away with it because of the sexism of the 1970s. Yeah. So, I totally uh, agree, and a fascinating creature of the night. Uh, but, yeah, the last I let off, it was like, okay... Mormon boy says he was kidnapped and shackled and forced to have sex with a model or they had a relationship that he is going way over the top. You know, I mean, it was like they were both fairly legitimate. Sounding, yeah, but definitely no. We yeah. definitely have a supervillain here. Yeah, who just keeps popping up? Just keeps popping up. Yeah. In, in history, it's fascinating to me. Twice before, maybe. But I'm going to go ahead and say it again. I'm surprised more people don't know about this case, or that most people don't know. About the entirety of the case. The entirety. And you can't, can't stop, stop there. There's a lot more to this. Yeah. So that's it for chat this week. What are we doing next week? No freaking idea, but these chats just keep falling on my lap. So, I've got a backlog of chats that we that Yeah, so join us next week for more educational and educational fun with. Seems the stoic of Russomations! And cut on that. Okay. Yes! We've got a movie to get to that I am uh, fairly excited about, but before we get to any of that, maybe we should... Yeah, I'm really excited about this week's movie. Uh, I've got a lot to it. You know they're working on a sequel? What? They're, They're working, working on a sequel. sequel. To Spice World? Yes. Oh. We'll, we'll get, get to that. that. We'll, we'll get to that. Oh, my we'll goodness. Get to that. Okay. But before, before we get, get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. I think we will be right back with more of the full-on film after this. Do 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 do
Hello again, it's Spidey the Spidey. I'm back. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, the Spidey, 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 Spidey. My name's Spidey. I'm a spider. Yes, and, um, uh, wait, wait a minute now. Where, where are you going? Don't be afraid. Yeah, look at my eyes. See? They're pretty, right? Blue. Yeah. Blue eyes. Look at them. Yeah, uh-huh. I used to have more than that because spiders got lots more eyes. And, um, I got poked them out. I, I poked them out, yeah, I popped them out so that I could be more humanized. Yeah, so so you can relate to me better. So, yeah, so you wouldn't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am a spider. Yes, I'm a nice spider. Just kidding. <laughs> Not that nice. Ooh, yeah. Not that nice. Oh, wait. Oh. You know how some people have like, like celebrities. Like if you ever met this that guy. What I'm trying to say is, that if I ever met this guy, yeah, he would be like my one. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. Batman. Yeah, the whole time. Rebels! Rebels! You can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad.
Jewish bangers, Nancy, Satanic, 
recording star had the number one record in England for more weeks than any singer in history, even Elvis and the Beatles. And now, for the first time on American TV, we proudly offer the fabulous hits of Slim Whitman, the man voted number one international male artist in England four years in a row. Here is all the magic of Slim Whitman, the international star who has sold 31 million records. All the songs that touch people's hearts the most are in this album, and I hope you'll let them touch your heart, too. Have I told you lately that I love you? best. This giant record treasury is only $7.98. Complete tape collection is only $9.98. Not sold in any store. Order yours now. To get this beautiful treasury mail, $7.98 for album, $9.98 for 8-track tape to Slim Whitman. Box 2525, Grand Central Station, New York, 10017. Be sure to do it now. This special Slim Whitman collection is available through this offer only. Rush, $7.98 for album, $9.98 for tape to Slim Whitman. Box 2525, Grand Central Station, New York, 10017. Slim Whitman, Box 2525, Grand Central Station, New York, New York, 10017. Anybody want a peanut? Come back next week, and I'll go give you all the peanuts you want. When the world is in trouble, when our future is in danger, we call upon one man. But when he's busy, he calls five girls. Columbia Pictures presents The Spice Girls. All right, we're coming. In their film debut, Victoria, Emma, Mel B, Jerry and Mel C. They're ready for action. Go, pal! They're dressed to kill. Ah, well, that's shaken or stirred. And thoroughly prepared for any encounter. It's a story of love. I think with boys, you should be able to just wheel them in. Yeah, and order them like a pizza. Yeah, no cheese. Compassion. It's really too hot in here. I need a fan. <laughs> and misunderstanding. When the speeding melon hits the wall. There's Christmas for the crows. What did he say? I haven't a clue. There's more like it. This January. Would you like an hors d'oeuvre? No. But I'll have one of these pie things. Make your choice. Oh, I like the blonde one. No, 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 no. Sporty. Rock your world. Hello. 
and spice up your life with the Spice Girls. Spice World. Yeah, but can they act? Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, girl power. Feminism. Do you know what I mean? And we're back with more of the Popon film. Act three. Act three. Act three. Yes, my friend who is more than brother to me. I am Gracie. And you and we have a guest reviewer with us. Yes, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, it's time once again for all of us here at the Pokemon Film Podcast, a country line dance our way. Uh, country line dance at a club with a floor covered in peanut shells our way. Into the third and final act of the show, and it is set for an act wherein we finally and eventually discuss our all-new, all-natural, multi-grain, gluten-free, no-high-fruit, fructose, corn syrup, easy-to-assemble, works in minutes, movie Bohemian Rhapsody to be. 
because Freddie Mercury's family was like, oh, well, this movie would need to be rated R or even rated X or NC-17, because that was the life that Freddie Mercury lived, but the remaining members of Queen were all... But our music is for everyone of all ages. That's why our film should be rated G. And it's like, fucking... You had a uh, drugged-up, alcoholic, uh, gay man as your lead singer. Don't think you can have a G-rated queen movie, but what do I know? So, uh, so I can give this movie a little bit of a pass. As I said earlier in the podcast, the Spice, the spice World feels to me like you get a hard day's night and you smash a shitty... 1960s <coughs> beach movie together, and what you come up with is basically this. That they made a shit ton of those beach movies with Annette Cello and Tommy Kirk, and and so, like, I, that's what this movie felt like. A real thin plot, some really lame subplots. What? Uh, Little Richard? Musical number. Yeah. You know? But it is a shitty movie. It is a shitty movie. I, 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 I walked into this very open-minded. Very open-minded. And I am sorry. I, this is what made me hate the Spice Girls. It's official now. I fucking hate these self-absorbed people. Like, I've never seen the Kardashians, but I would imagine it's just like this movie. Uh, I don't know, because I feel like the Kardashians would have a much harder time making fun of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, at least, least the Spice Girls are having a bit of fun. Funny. Um, uh, this, this movie, movie came out in 1998. And I remember it well. I was in 8th grade at the time. And of course, you were a senior in high school, buddy, when this movie came out. And also, uh, don't question any of that. Yeah, they just say, listeners, because you have no reason to question it. I was in 8th grade. Uh, buddy was a senior in high school. It, it says a lot, though, about Spice World that this movie came out the same year as Slappy and the Singers, Blues Brothers 2000, and Alan Smithy film Burn Hollywood Burn, Need the Deagles, Project Red Adventure, Lost in Space, Norm MacDonald's Dirty Work, Basketball, The Psycho Remake, Ride of Chucky, and the U.S. Godzilla Remake. But this is the movie people remember as the worst movie of 1998. Oh wow! Wow! That is some Oh, and mostly shit. Like everything, shit. I don't think I really heard a good movie. Like I like Godzilla, but like <laughs> that's as close as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna say Godzilla is a good movie. Huh? The fucking Psycho remake. Yeah. Where it's for shot, scene for scene, line for line, the exact same film. Except this time, uh, uh, 
Norman Bates masturbates. Norman masturbates. Yeah. His name. His middle name is Master in this film. Fucking Alan Smithy film. Blues Brothers 2000. What the fuck? What the fuck is that movie? I have never seen it, but you know, a concept so bad that John Goodman can't save it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good point. point. Like if you're going to, if you're going to replace John Belushi with anybody. I think John Goodman makes an excellent choice. Yeah. Yeah. But you just can't polish a turd. I'm pretty sure that I just imagined the live-action Flintstones movie. I'm pretty sure that that did not happen. And that, that was just a fever dream that I had. That is that is something I have not seen either. You know that's that's tough though. You know because like you could see a big screen version of the Flintstones, and John Goodman and Rick Moranis is some good fucking casting on that. Again, just didn't pan... Like, like I'm saying there was potential for Flintstones to be a major hit movie that we still love to this day. It just yeah. didn't work out that way. Yeah. Okay, so, um... What a strange movie Spice World is. There's aliens! Yeah! There's aliens in this movie. There's a brand new kind of aliens in it. Was there, like, actually a movie here? Um. I can understand what they were going for. They were going for a hard day's night. A hard day's night did not have that much of a plot. No. And, and, and it had wacky moments where, oh, all of a sudden George is doing, like, a focus testing. All of a sudden yeah, Ringo's, like, at the end getting into an argument with an eight-year-old boy. But that may be the you know? whole key here, is I, I never liked any of the Beatles' fucking movies. Hated, in fact, was bored by... You know, so and then, if if and that is a fair analogy, that explains this fucking movie. Yeah, but, but there wasn't much of a plot in Hard Day's Night, and I feel like, oh yeah, that's the exact same thing that happened here. And it's got the weirdest cast. Okay, so old Loki's in it from the Loki TV show. The last episode is this Wednesday. It's a great show that we all fall in love with. Yeah. We love old Loki. You know who was in the last episode? A small, tiny cameo? Frog! Really? The Frog Thor. And I freaked out. In the last episode, in the background, there was a Bolivius machine. 
Don't don't ruin anything big because I haven't seen it yet. I, I'm waiting for the last episode. I got small little tiny Easter eggs. There was a Bolivia's machine in the last episode, and I had to pause it and explain to kids this bizarre urban legend about a video game that drove you insane and shit. Um, James Bond is in this. 80s James Bond is in this, and I don't know why. Huh? I 100% don't know why he's in this movie. What's his name? I keep forgetting his name. Just 80s James Bond. Roger Moore. Roger Moore, Roger Moore, Roger Moore, yeah. Well, I think Me, they... I, I think they just tossed some money at him, and he was like, okay. Because uh, it looked like he was just like, look, I'll be in your movie, I just want to do as little as possible. So you just send by a couple of cameras, maybe some lights. I'm going to have a drink. I'll say your lines, and you go. Yeah, you never had a scene with the Spice Girls, did you? No. He was always at that same place, just much like Kelsey Grammer. He was always in that yeah. same place that I'm pretty well convinced is just Roger Moore's place. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he money played, played it. He money played, played it. it. Yeah. That's, That's so, so funny. funny. He, uh, he bears the manual of the graphs of the turn, and he can't even rumble it. I like that. A riffraff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. As that man has had such a crappy career and deserved so much better that that I, I, I will not fault him for any shit he's in. And this is shit. He's the voice of the dad. He's the voice of the dad in the long-running Disney show Phineas and Ferb. Really? Yeah. Really weird to explain that to people. Like, yeah, he's in the credits of every episode. Phineas and Ferb's British dad. It's really weird. Huh. Like, and, and out of all the people who went to Disney, I never expected Riffraff to go to Disney. No. And I'm having a hard time picturing it with that voice of his. Yeah. Alan Cumming. Yes. This. Um... And my fate, every time I think of the name Alan Cumming, I think of the fact that he did release a men's fragrance that he called Cumming. <laughs> Which is what you would do if you were a celebrity. You're Bonnie Williams. Here's my men's fragrance. It's called Williams. But Alan Cumming, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. When he releases a mixed fragrance that's just called coming. Oh, oh, but but see, but see, I, I could see it because like I would be telling dinner guests that for the rest of my life if I was Alan Cumming, and it was worth like I mean he still pulled in probably a small little profit, not a lot, you know, but like he put out a fucking cologne line and. For a joke. Pretty much. Yeah. That's hilarious. I accept that he's for money. Yes. 
The chicken lady is in this, which is weird. I'm crashing our head. She was in this. That's crazy. The boss from Superstar. And again, okay, again, you notice they also do not, to the best of my knowledge, appear with the Spice Girls. Yeah, I don't believe so either. And are their own complete separate subplot, which is an attempt to try to make sense out of the main plot. Yeah, yeah. The, the first movie idea that they pitch to the manager of the Spice Girls, um, he, that first pitch was the first movie idea. Because the Spice Girls were so big that the, Disney came to them and yeah. said, hey, we love to make a Spice Girls movie. And the Spice Girls were like, wow, Disney wants to make a movie with us? What's it going to be about? It's going to be the struggle of a young single mother trying to raise her daughter all by herself while also trying to form a band. And the Spice Girls said, no, we don't want a sad fucking drama. We want to have fun. So they pass on Disney. So that, that first pitch was the actual pitch that Disney gave them for the Spice Girls movie. Okay. Disney was kind of Disney was kind of in this, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, even certified shithead Elvis Costello pops up in this film. Yes. Hooray. And any time I saw a character that I didn't recognize, I assumed it's because I'm American. Yeah. ensues on their way to their big concert at the Albert Hall. 
Yes, the, the royal, royal Albert Hall. That's as close as I got. And then there's, there's like, like a million subplots. Yeah, Alan Cumming is like some guy who's trying to interview the Spice Girls or something and keeps missing there's them. There's one guy doing a documentary. There's a tabloids that are trying to ruin their lives. There's a pregnant woman. Yeah. There's a, the frenzied manager trying to hold it all together. There's like a bunch of different subplots in this thing. But basically, basically yeah, what you said was the plot. That 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 was the Yeah. With like a 
uh, scary spice, sporty spice. Which one? Which one? Which spice girl are you, Maxwell? Stinky spice. That's you. You know who I am? Old spice. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. I'm, old. Okay. I'm dangerous spice. Dangerous spice. I like that. Well, I think I would have to be self-indulgence, which this movie has a lot in common to that Steve Mnuchin wife movie. You Me Madness? Yes! Oh, shit! I forgot the Me You Madness. Yeah, that movie was horrible. For how self-indulgent this movie was. Yeah. At least Me You Madness had a good soundtrack. It was just another, just, just disjointed things. So, like, okay, so it was a bunch of disjointed shit. Some of the shit was better than other shit. Some of the yeah. worst shit was shit that involved the Spice Girls directly. Yeah. Uh... You know what this movie reminds me of? Um, do you know the band The Censored Davis Group? It's a weird question. I don't know. They were a British group that were popular in the 60s. Their best known songs include the UK number one hit, Somebody Held Me, Keep On Running, I'm a Man, and Give Me Some Lovin', which reached number two in the UK and number seven in the US. Apparently, they were so big in the 60s that they were given a movie, and I found it. And really? I don't know who the Spencer Davis group is. The only thing I know about the Spencer Davis group is that one of the members was Steve Winwood. And he left to form the band Traffic, and then he left that band to just be Steve Winwood. But um, they got a movie, and it's 
and it's called The Ghost Goes Here. And I've been waiting to do it for the podcast. We've been doing the stupid summer of bottoming. But it's all about the band, the Spencer Davis group, and they go to stay at the home of their manage- manager. And it's an English castle. And of course, it's haunted. But they do get to play some of their popular songs. It's really horrible. I find it interesting the concept of a band gets so popular that, okay, we'll do a shitty movie, and then the Spencer Davis group got one. So I came up with a list of some bands that should get wacky madcap movies. Okay? Okay. Number one. The Eagles have to spend a night in a haunted house, but they don't because they're too busy suing each other. <laughs> I like that one. Um, I'm surprised that the Rolling Stones never really got one. They got like a documentary, but never an actual movie. So what we're going to do is we're going to make a Rolling Stones film, except it's going to be like a DreamWorks movie, and they're all animated rocks. Yeah. Although, although I'm... S- I'm sorry, I, I was already casting my own movie. I think the Rolling Stones would be perfect for a remake of On Golden Pond. Nice, yeah, that's that age, yeah. The Rolling Stones in Cocoon. Yes. Yeah, Sympathy for the Cocoon. That's the name right there. Sympathy for the Cocoon. And here's my favorite. Gigi Allen's Wacky Hawaiian Adventure. <laughs> what? The Hawaiian Orphanage is going to close down? And the only way that he can stay open is if Gigi Allen wins the surfing contest? I can see that whole movie. And then while he's there, he's just peeing on people and bleeding everywhere. I can see the entire film in my head. It's wonderful. <laughs> so, um... I, I, I do fucking hate this film, it's boring, and I hate the music, and it's impossible to follow the 35 different plots, but, um, I don't know, I, I, I hate it less than Maxwell, and I hate it less than Money, because I feel that it feels like a Frankie Avalon film, and it is a PG rated film for kids, and so I feel that, that like, I almost give this film a bit of a pass because of that. This is basically a 60s surf film, and uh, it was a hit when it came out. It's important to know. Uh, oh, well, they were still huge. Yeah, this was a huge financial hit. This had the highest ever opening for a film on Super Bowl weekend. Wow. They usually super Not a lot of people go to the movies, but this had the highest opening of any film that came out on Super Bowl weekend. And so I feel that, like, I almost want to give this film a mostly harmless review, but, but no, it is pretty annoying, and I would never really want to watch it again unless I was getting crumped with my wife. The, the worst part of this movie... Was it's the, the Spice Girls. Which is weird, because they were a pretty successful band. 
Well, I can't stand I can accept the other parts of the movie. I can't say I would necessarily enjoy, but the worst parts of this movie is whenever the Spice Girls were on screen, which makes it a tough fucking watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. So the Spice Girls said no to Disney's pitch for like a serious drama centered around the Spice Girl. So, uh, the Spice Girls had all these ideas of what they wanted to do for their movie. So, the Spice Girls' longtime manager's brother wrote the script for what the band wanted to do, but the problem was the script had to keep being rewritten over and over again because of how many celebrities wanted to be in the film. Okay. So it's like, okay, here's the film that the girls want to do. Oh, uh, Alan Cummings wants to be in it? Shit, wait, okay, we'll write it and we'll have to this person. Oh, wait, wait this other person wants to be in it? Fuck, okay, okay, well, yeah, look at this. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, uh, fun fact, they finished the movie, but then right before releasing it, they had to edit the film and cut out a few scenes, because number one, there was a couple of scenes where they talked about their best friend, Princess Diana. Yeah. That had to be cut out because she just fucking died. Ooh. And number two, there was a four... There was a four-minute scene where they hang out with Gary Glitter. He sang the song that plays at every sporting event on the planet. Which will feed all 
all the original Spice Girls getting back together uh, and recording all of the voiceovers for this. That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. You bring them back and I want to hear them compare who has, who's had work. Okay, who's had the facelift? Who's had the Botox? Come on. Yeah, yeah, just this past week, the Spice Girls released the original demo of the song Wannabe because that song is uh, 25 years old now. It's the 25th anniversary of the song Wannabe. So they just released a uh, demo of it, and they're not against getting back together and touring and doing shit. And so apparently part of that is working on an animated sequel.
We got a record number of votes again, which which is exciting. Every time you do one of these polls, we get just more and more people voting. We got 22 votes this time around. And next week, we will be doing the 2007 live action movie Brast. I have never seen this before. I have never seen this before, so that is exciting. It's not often that I see one of these bad movies and it's like, I have no information about this at all. Well, I think it would be a movie based on the toy that's what it is. It's a movie based on the line of dolls. Yeah. So, I'm not sure how great this is going to be. I can tell you I don't know the names of any of the people in this cast. Oh, shit! John Voight the principal! Wow, that's a sign of quality! John Voight? Man! He is blocked 24-7! I've managed to land John Voight! Oh, wait, you probably just offered him a bottle of whiskey. Yeah! Yeah. Uh, never mind, then. Never mind, we're, we're good here. We're all, we're all fine here. But, but yeah, next, next week we're, we're doing the Bratz movie! Hooray! Hooray! Promise that next, next week, after we do the Bratz movie, that whatever movie we do after that will not be a kid's movie. Okay. I promise. But it's what the fans want. we got to give them what they want. Yes. This is what true. Fans ask for Natasha voted for the Open House, which is a Netflix original horror film, which is so bad that anyone who didn't vote for it just hasn't seen it yet because it is the fucking worst. But yes, next week we're doing the Bratz movie. We'll also be talking about uh, the Joker and uh, a horrible comedy that I refuse to do for the podcast. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be a pretty fun week, but now we're looking back at this week. Oh, man. The highs and the lows, the ups and the downs. Uh, old Loki, Mormon Sex, Black Widow, uh, our new sponsor. I got to say, I think this has been a fairly decent episode It's been a damn good episode. Okay, good, 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 good. I felt that way. I felt it deep in my prana. I don't know. Some woman says that in a bucket of blood. Where it's like, your sculpture did something to me, Walter. I felt it deep in my prana. And it's like, I don't know what the hell that means, but I found myself saying it a lot. So, uh... Yes, but yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I'm Reverend Steven on behalf of Natasha and Maxwell and Eleanor and everybody else. I just and Bella. I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Can you grab